<laughs> Good morning. <laughs> I was talking to that lady who just went by. It's kind of cool. Uh, it's been really an amazing morning so far. Um, I, I, I apologize a little bit uh, for the extended long pan that I did. I just wanted you to see where I was because uh, I cannot stand in the sun still. It's uh, very, very hot in the sun and my camera shuts off, so I need to find shade. And uh, so, I, But I wanted you to see where I was at Pine Street in front here and uh, that there's a lot, you know, this is kind of the old gate to this old town, Louisville. And uh, normally uh, in the hot summer sun, I'm under this big tree in the shade here. But today the Lord wants me here. This is where I originally start. This is kind of, this is my location here. But I've been across the street, that gas station, but they're doing construction over there. And uh, I feel very uncomfortable right here when I'm under this tree. Uh, I don't know what it is, but uh, every time I've been there, I've been there many times, I'm just so uncomfortable, I can't even stand it. And uh, normally, uh, so I'm thinking that there might be some kind of spirits in this area, on this side of the street. Seems kind of weird, but it's only there. Over here, no problem whatsoever. I've not been bothered. I just keep on going the whole time I'm here, because I do 11 to 4, you know, 5-hour shift out here. And, but here, uh, no problems. In fact, the owners of this Mexican restaurant here, uh, they've brought out lunch to me, and they've all talked to me, and they all love Jesus. And I've been in there just walking through to go to the restroom, and uh, they all love Jesus. Uh, uh, I want to give a couple testimonies of faithfulness. Uh, being faithful in the Lord Jesus Christ is important in today's world and has been for a long, long, long time, basically ever since I've been alive. So I've been alive uh, this year, 70 years. And so uh, what I mean by faithfulness is I'm gonna use faithfulness as the opposite of hypocrisy. Okay, hypocrisy is uh, kind of what my parents taught me. Uh, say one thing and do another, you know. I'm good, but I'm evil, you know, do evil. I mean, whatever. But uh, that's how I lived all my life until, you know, and I was trained in hypocrisy. And uh, that's why a lot of people don't want to become Christians. That's why I didn't want to become a Christian. Now, I don't know about any other religion. I don't preach any other religion. I just preach Jesus. Uh, teach and preach Jesus Christ. And uh, uh, so faithfulness. So this morning, walking to the bus, I had another a bus driver, lady bus driver, uh, flagged me down, gets out of her bus, comes over and gives me a big hug, Mr. John. And she just had to talk to me. And uh, we talked and visited. She wants to join our class. Talked to her about that. She was all excited about that. And then she told me, told the other bus driver that I was getting on, uh, that this Mr. John, he's a good man of God, or whatever she said. And so I got on that bus, and uh, she, she started telling me the story uh, some of her life. And I got a chance to be a witness. Now, she's already saved this other bus driver. But we had a tremendous connection, tremendous connection. And uh, before I got off the bus here in Louisville, she says, I've seen you for years. That's what she said, I've seen you for years. And my first thought was years. Man, that sounds like a long time. And I said, yeah, I'm in my fifth year, you know, uh, May, June, July, August, September, yeah. You know, four years and four months. So I'm inside my fifth year building my fifth year and uh, so I told her about and I told her my story my testimony I'm always giving my testimony and uh, 
Uh, so she was able to give her story, her testimony. And it was very, very wonderful. And, and really what she was saying is she admired the faithfulness. The previous driver that who got out of the bus and came over and gave me a hug twice, <laughs> uh, they also recognized the faithfulness. And walking to the bus station, uh, two, three, or four people waved and hello to me. Uh, and you can tell that I can say hello just about anybody in Boulder, and they know, and they're willing to say hello back if that's a part of their nature. Not everybody does that, understand that, because they just, they just, just kind of walk down the street by themselves in their own little world, and that's the way life is. But if they're given to say hello to somebody, uh, they will most definitely say hello or good morning to me. And uh, in fact, many times, I don't, they say something to me first because uh, I dress this way all the time, all the time, everywhere I go, if I leave the house. And that's why, you know, if I'm in front of people, I'm dressed this way. That's why I put a shirt on like this uh, when I do my class. I'm in my house, but I'm in front of people. I'm in front of the camera. So I'm going to put this shirt on, and I'm going to be a witness for Jesus. All right, so let's pray. So, Lord, I want to be a witness. Lord, I want to be a witness for you. Help me not to cry, Lord, because I, I just so move with compassion for souls, Lord, to be saved. And my heart is so full of the word and of truth, especially since you've had me start this class. This class, Lord, has just been such the, one of the greatest things added to my banner and added to the street ministry and added to our church. This class is just so amazing, Lord. I just am so touched, and I pray, Lord, that, uh, that others who are partaking of this class are also touched in an amazing way, in an amazing way, that they just sometimes, like me, I can't explain it why I'm touched or how I'm touched. I just know I am. I just know I am. And it, it gives me a love and a compassion for people. And that's what I need, Lord. I need to love people. I need to have compassion for people all the time, all the time. And I want people to know that when I speak to them or when they see me or when I just get around them, they can sense the compassion in my heart. And uh, I understand that some people don't see that compassion and you know, that's life, I guess. And, um, but, uh, we all just want to do your will, Lord Jesus. We don't want our will. We want your will to be done in our lives. But we need help. We need help to do your will. Because we so easily go into our own will, and our own desire, and our own world, and our own lifestyle. But uh, we want to keep turning that over to you, Holy Spirit, to help us walk in the Spirit, and walk in truth every day, every day. And to your glory, Father, we pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God. So once again, uh, the, where those orange cones are, my banner's laying out there. That's where I'll be lifting my banner. And I'm hoping to stay to four o'clock, uh, but I don't know that. Louisville is a very odd city. Uh, uh, one time I come here, I'm all loved. Next time I come here, I get constant rebuke. Next time I come, I come here every uh, third, uh, uh, or fourth, whatever, uh, third Thursday, third Thursday. And, um, uh, 
One time I'm loved, next time I'm hated, next time I'm loved, next time I'm hated. Last time I was here, I was hated. So maybe this time I'm loved. I don't know that. It just seems kind of odd to me. And uh, so that's the way it goes, you know. And understand also, I'm out actually preaching this in the public. I'm not in building and I'm right on the street. I'm like eight inches away from the curve. I'm right in the street, right here. Because they turn here and they go left. And uh, I'll be right out there. And I've already said hello. And I've already passed out. Let me see, just a second here. We're talking about gospel tracks this morning. So I carry 15 in my pocket. 15 in my back pocket. They're still in my pack. So I got uh, three, six, seven. So I've seven. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So I've already passed out eight gospel tracts and I'm just getting started for the day. Eight. You see what I'm saying? Eight tracts have already gone out and I'm not even started for the day yet. I'm just getting started. So just, you know, if souls are on your mind, uh, you're going you're gonna to be witnessing for Christ. If souls are not on your mind, you won't be witnessing. You, you, you just won't, because they're not on your mind. Uh, people who don't minister, it doesn't occur to them. People who don't pray, it doesn't occur to them. People who don't preach, it doesn't occur to them. It doesn't even come to their thought. It's not a part of their life. And that's the idea of our class this morning, is trying to wake people up to make soul winning a part of their life, the way their manner is, the, the way they live their life. Amen. Okay, so uh, let's get started here. This is a Sunday prayer letter titled, As His Manner Was. It's Acts 17, verse 2. That's where our title comes out of. And our prayer letter has seven parts. This is part five, Thursday, Acts 17, 17 to 29, I think. 29? Yeah, 29. I think I'm reading a little further than that. So uh, praise God. And if you're not a part of our truce, I forgot my book. <laughs> I was here, I was going to do it, and I forgot my book. Probably on purpose, because <laughs> I don't like doing those commercials. But the Holy Spirit wants me to do them. For some reason, I guess I spaced out. You know, it happens. I mean, you know, it just happens, you know. I mean, life, you know, we live to live in this body. Don't put yourself down. Don't beat yourself up. Just, well, I apologize, Lord. I repent from forgetting my book. I need to tell you, do what I, as you asked me to do. So. I do apologize. So here's the commercial here. So uh, we are doing a uh, truth study every morning, Monday through Friday, live broadcasting from Boulder from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. And we just finished our 19th class. And uh, we do it Monday through Friday, like I said. And then it goes out on a recording. And uh, you can find it on our YouTube channel. So it's a live stream broadcast, live streamed to the YouTube channel. And uh, uh, one way to get a hold of it is to subscribe to our channel, then it'll go to your inbox and you can click on it there or come over to the channel and click on that or whatever, you know. Best is to subscribe because that way you'll, you'll know it's there. And uh, here real soon, uh, I'll be streaming to other, uh, other platforms. Uh, I, I think I can stream to three different platforms at the same identical time. So that might be a part of what we're doing here shortly too. And, uh, and that true study is a, uh, uh, a kind of a logbook format. I'm a long haul trucker and I kind of built it for as a trucker would build the logbook <laughs> in a true study. I didn't build it like some seminary student. I didn't build it like some church pastor. I built it like a truck driver. You know, 
I, I'm on the street, been on the street, uh, ministering out in the public uh, since I was 23 years old, actually since I was 20, but I uh, started trucking when I was 23. And uh, in about, uh, I don't know, it was probably about uh, 34, 35, when people started calling me Preacher John. I didn't call myself that, but all the trucking friends and uh, truck stop waitresses and everywhere I went uh, started calling me uh, Preacher John. Hey, Preacher John, how you doing? <laughs> so that became my CB handle for uh, probably 30 years. That's out for, uh, to since I was 35, and I retired at 65, 63, so however long that is. And that was my CB handle. Uh, I used to have an old one. I dropped that and started using Preacher John. And I'm still using it today. And that's just, uh, I didn't name myself that. Many, 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 many others began calling me that because I've known, not as a trucker, I've never said, hey, Trucker John, how you doing, Trucker? How you, no, never, nobody ever called me. In, never, uh, no one in my life that I'm aware of at this moment has referred to me in the trucking business. It's always been in the preaching world. So that lets people, lets me know that I live a life of preaching. That's been my calling since I was 20 years old, and that's what I live. I live my calling. I want you to preach, the Lord said. I want you to minister, but first I want you to go to school. Then I finished my schooling, graduated, became ordained minister, licensed in the state of Oklahoma. And then God says, now I want you to build me a church. All right, build me a church. So now we're, we study, we preach, we minister, we build. Those four things. We study, that's the true study. We preach the Word of God. We minister the gifts of the Holy Ghost as the Spirit leads. And we build the family of God. We build the kingdom of God. We build our church. We build the ministry of Jesus Christ. Right? We, lead in, we bring people to the, to, to the Lord. Uh, and some accept the Lord and some don't. That's the way it is. Some people say yes. Some people say no. Some people say, I don't know. Some people are not sure. People have all kinds of different excuses. But, uh, you just keep on trucking, man. Uh, don't, don't be concerned about those who say no or maybe or someday or whatever. Just keep on moving. And when they want to receive Christ, and if you're still trucking, they'll come around. They'll say, you know, you're still doing this, man. Yeah, I'm still doing this. <laughs> I'm still doing this. And uh, I had a guy, I thought that was him, but he was yelling at me instead. But I th there was a guy who walked by with his baby, and he looked at my shirt. He stopped with, his stro with the stroller. He was riding the little baby in the stroller. He read my shirt just before I turned the camera on. And he looked at my shirt, he looked at me, he looked at my shirt again, and stuck his hand out. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I thought, wow, you know, thank you, thank you. He was so excited to see me. And I thought that was him, but he gave me a nasty, dirty look and started cussing me out. Isn't that interesting? See, they chose something else. But that's life. People want God, and some people don't want God. It's just the way it is, and you really can't let it get to you and you really can't put their lack of desire onto you it's not your responsibility to save people that was that's Jesus's job let Jesus be Jesus and you be you I, I say that often all right and uh, so that's a word of exhortation that's first Corinthians 14 you want to study first Corinthians 12 then when you get that down read 13 very diligently read 13 and put your name in 13 everywhere it says put your name in there and then then you go to 14 and it in 14 1 Corinthians chapter 14 it tells you how to 
put into real life, into action in your daily life, 13 and 12. See? And those are three chapters that are really critical. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. All right? <laughs> A little teaching there. <laughs> All right. Praise God. It's a great day. I love fall. Fall and winter are my most favorite times of the year. I'm not a summer person. I can't stand summer. It's very summer is the hardest time in my life. Have always been since I was a boy, and uh, I'm just not a summer person. I like cool and cold, <laughs> but I hate heat and uh, the uncomfortableness of summer. And it's uh, the way it is, right? So I'm I'm looking forward to uh, this fall and winter coming up. All right, uh, Acts 17, verse 17. There's kind of a big passage here, so we'll just kind of read it. Because it's so long, I'm going to read and talk as I go along. Read and pray, talk and as the Spirit leads. Okay, chapter 17 in the book of Acts, the King James Bible. Therefore disputed he, this is Paul, disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily. In the market daily. I want to highlight in the market daily. Uh, I love that in the market daily. I didn't notice that when I was doing the Sunday prayer letter. I didn't notice that when I've been reading it through this week. But on the class, when I we brought this up in class, because that's just today's scriptures for today, it just jumped off the page at me. It just kind of like, man, I just my eyes just saw those words in the market daily. And how, I, how I'm looking at that is market means out in the public. Out in the market, out in the public, out in the marketplace. This is the marketplace. I'm out in the marketplace of Louisville, okay? And it says here, it gives you a timeline, daily. How often do you want to go out to the market? Daily, daily, every day. I do this every day, six days a week. I take the Sabbath off. God gives us a day off. We don't need to do this seven days a week. Now, if, I, if God hadn't given me my day off on Saturday, in the very beginning of building Gospel Evangelist Church on this time around, 2017, I think I probably would have worked seven days a week. And if I would have done that, I would have burned myself out. I, I, you know, you'd be surprised how just one day off can really reset and give you some rest in the body. But I'm kind of a hard worker, and, uh, but I'm also lazy. That's kind of a quandrum I have to deal with. So if I sit around for too long, uh, it's like impossible to get me going because I don't want to do anything. I just want to sit. You know? I'm not much of a play person. I just like to sit and just chill out. <laughs> I just love to sit and relax. You know? And uh, so if I sit for too long, uh, it takes God a lot of energy to get me going again. So uh, one day off is just perfect for me because it's not too long and it's not too short. However, uh, even on that day off, I still put six hours of work in. Five hours to six hours of work in. You know? But I do it in the Spirit. I do it in the Spirit, and therefore, it's like I'm resting while I'm working. It's, it's the most unusual thing I've ever experienced. I've never experienced it before. This is all brand new to me. You know, people think, oh, you've been doing this all your life. No, this is new to me. I've never really lived and preached and ministered in the Spirit. Because John you know, in Revelation says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. And I can all, I can, I think, 
I'm pretty sure I can say the same thing on the Lord's Day. I too am in the Spirit because it's just different. It's not like anything else I've ever experienced in my life. That's that Sabbath rest. It's just, I wish I can get, I wish I can articulate and describe what it actually feels like inside of me. But I'm unable to still at this time. And so I started this, uh, I came to Boulder uh, May 3rd, uh, 9 a.m. The Lord said be there at 9 a.m. And I was here at 9 a.m. sharp on May 3rd, 2017. Then on Friday, Friday morning, I was praying. He said, tomorrow, which was Saturday, he says, I want you to take that day off as a Sabbath rest unto me, Jesus. You know, Jesus speaking to me. I said, yes, sir. And so that was the first time in my life. I've never done that before, never. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know we're, we don't need to celebrate the Sabbath anymore. We don't need to live the Sabbath. Every day is a Sabbath. We're, we're in the Lord every day, seven days a week. We just don't set one day aside, we set every day aside, you know? And uh, I'm looking back in my banner, making sure everything's okay over there. And, uh, uh, and so that first Sabbath, I think it was like 14 hours of nothing but on the floor, standing up, walking, in the Bible, on the floor. It was like, I think it was like early morning to sometime that evening, it was just so, amazing and I was in a hotel room because I hadn't got my apartment yet in Boulder so I was in the hotel broker in here in Boulder for five days the Lord put me there for five days five nights until my hotel my apartment that I live in now was opened up it was still getting ready and uh, it's brand new and uh, refurbished you know, rebuilt uh, just for me <laughs> actually not really but uh, it's brand new uh, God doesn't put me in beat up old places I, I give houses away God bless you too, man. Uh, I, I give houses away. What do you mean by that? Is I give equity away. The equity I have in a home, I give that away. Uh, can you do that? I don't know. But, uh, you know, that's... Anyways, that's another story. I don't want to go there. But, um, so that Sabbath is a very special day. And I'm highlighting that because there's no way that you can go to the market daily, every day, and not take a Sabbath off. You just, you just can't do it. It's just too hard on you, all right? Just too hard. And uh, you need a day off. And, but unfortunately, uh, in today's, or at least in America's lifestyle, uh, people don't really, truly take a day off and rest in the Lord. They have all kinds of things to do on Saturday, on Sunday, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, seven days a week. They're running, 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 running. Oh well, and I, I, I've done the same thing all my life. I've been a trucker, like I said, all my life, and uh, I've done that. God bless you too, sir. Thank you so much. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> the guy pulls up here, walks over to have a blessed day. <laughs> Gives me a peace sign. <laughs> have a blessed day. Praise God. <clears throat> See, so today is a really unusual day. This is not a normal day. I know what regular, I, I know what normal is. Because I've been out here about 3,700 days, I think 3,700 days, is that what it is? No, 980, oh, whatever it is. I've been out here a long time on the street here doing this. So I know what normal is and I know what normal is not. So this is not a normal day. Has been since this morning at five o'clock or 5.30. All right.
All right, let's go back into 17 here in the market daily. Therefore disputed he, Paul, in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily. In the market daily. That'll be our title for our sermon. In the market daily. With them that met with him. This is Paul. Okay? Pe people meet with him. Verse 18. Then certain philosophers, philosophers, get that word philosophers, philosophical thinkers. And what does a philosopher do? He thinks about uh, humanism, this, the, that man is a god. Actual, when you look at the root of philosophy, philosophy says that you don't need a god, that you are a god. That's philosophy. I mean, that, that's going way back. And that's what philosophers teach. They teach you how to be a good god, a perfect god, because we all know that God is a good God. They don't teach you how to be an evil God. They teach you how to be a good God. And that goes back to Alexandria, Egypt. Alexandria, Egypt and Athens, Greece were two main meccas of humanistic teaching and uh, that God, uh, that mankind is a God. And that's what Satan told Adam and Eve. You don't need God, you are a God. And that is in our church today. A lot, I've heard that preached. There was on uh, Trinity Broadcasting Network. I used to watch TBN a lot for many, many years. Stopped watching that because they started promoting that uh, you're a little God, serving a big God. They started teaching the Godhood that you are God. Now they may have changed that, but for a long, for for a while, that's what they were teaching. And, and uh, if you went against that they kicked you off the network. So anyway, that's life goes on. That's why I tell people, you almost have to stop all the Christian stuff, all the Christian radios and all the Christian uh, television networks because there's something going on that is not what you think it is. And, uh, and I guess all I can say is just be alert, really alert. And uh, be aware, uh, Satan is the most subtle. There's no one more subtle than Satan. And he knows how to deceive people. He is a master at deception. And deception says, you don't know that you are being deceived. That's how good he is. That's how good he is. Because if Eve knew who was talking to her, she wouldn't have listened. And if Adam was, anyways, that's another story. But, uh, so be alert, be alert, be alert, be alert. Be a watchman on your own wall as you build your ministry. Philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics who encountered him. And some said, what will this babbler say? Babbler. So, the word babbler kind of refers to, uh, uh, you can almost say baby talk, you know, blah, 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 you know, just blah, 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 blah. That's kind of how people refer to babblers. They go blah, 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 blah. And uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, they use this word, this fool, this word to, to indicate f stupidity and foolishness and ignorance and all that kind of, I don't mean to refer to babies that way, but because uh, uh, they're not. 
They're very, you know, God died for the children, too. And, uh, but, the, but people have been taught that people who speak with a heavenly tongue uh, are babblers. Yeah, see, that's, how wicked is that? See, but they're of the wickedness of the Christian church. There's wickedness, evil in the church. How do we know that? Because Paul said that in our body is evil, not in our spirit, but our flesh has evil within it. And uh, you can go into that and study about that. It's pretty interesting. I think that's did that. That's factors. Right, I have it right here. Uh, that's Romans uh, chapter seven. Yeah, Romans chapter seven, and uh, the first couple of verses of eight. I think I've talked on that before. All right. So, uh, babbler say, others some. He seemeth to be a setter. Uh, so others said, He seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods. I want to highlight God, plural, little g gods. A setter forth, a setter forth of strange gods. I thought that's interesting. Did Paul teach multiple gods that there's more than one God? He didn't. See? You think about that. If you read it really fast, you won't see that. Their thinking is that there are many gods, not just one God, many gods. And so when Paul's preaching, all they hear is many gods, lots and lots of different gods, and but there's only one. Isn't that interesting? It's, it's, that's why when you sometimes I don't say, I don't say hello to people until they say hello to me because some people can't hear me because I'm not, uh, I'm not, uh, they're not attuned to my you know, sound wave, you know, my talk. Then when they say hello to me, now they're listening to me, then I'll say something. But people, they hear what they want to hear. And many people have filtered their hearing to only hear certain things and other things they can't hear. That's why you have to be preaching the gospel all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. Okay? Alright? Uh, certain gods, strange gods. I thought that's interesting. Because he preached unto them Jesus. See, there's only one God, Jesus, that's it. And the resurrection. I guess they were looking at resurrection as another God that raises them up. You know, because Jesus uh, was resurrected by his Father. And so maybe they're saying, oh, that's Father, that must be another God, so he must be talking about more than one God. All right? It's really interesting if you look at it. Verse 19, And they took him and brought him unto Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine, new doctrine, doctrine means teaching, this new teaching, new, brand new, never heard before. New means never done before. Brand new, never used, and uh, that's like we speak when we have when we receive the Holy Ghost, we don't speak an unknown tongue. Unknown tongue refers to unknown to us, but known to other mankind. That's Acts chapter two. But other places says when we're filled with the Holy Ghost, we speak a new tongue, never spoken before, brand new. So it's like our spirit. Our spirit becomes, we're an old creature, now we're a new creature. The word new means we weren't we didn't exist before. Before we were born here, we didn't live in heaven and we came to earth in a body. No, that never happened. Only happened with one person and that is Jesus. All right. So new means 
never seen, never heard, never understood, not one time ever, brand new. We've really got to get that word new because a lot of people don't really get that little tiny N-E-W. It's, it's a big deal, right? It says here, uh, a new doctrine, doctrine means teaching, or an understanding. Uh, may we know that this new doctrine whereof thou speakest is, for thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. Ears. See, so they're referring to their ears now. You see that? Their, their ears. Because Jesus says, if you have ears, we all have ears, but can the ears hear? So we all have ears, but can the ears hear? Right? Hear. And that's what they're talking about here. Thanks to our ears. But we can't hear it for some reason. We, we, we got it. We hear the noise that you're preaching, but it doesn't make any sense to us. We don't know where to put it because it's brand new. It's a new doctrine. I've never even heard those words. When I lift my banner, many times throughout the week, many times through the week, there are people who read my sign. They look at it with this mouth opened up, just reading this, because it's 10 feet tall. They're just reading the sign like, it's like, I've never read that before. <laughs> I've never read that before. Now, for you guys who never lifted a banner, what I do, when people are reading your sign, you look away. Don't look at the people, because if you look at them, they'll stop reading. You want them to read the sign, so I look away. Right? Uh, a new uh, <clears throat> okay. Uh, thanks to our ears, we know not, therefore, that these things mean. Mean. We don't know what it means. We never heard of it before. And so that's why we have to have patience with people. If, you know, especially people like me who have been doing this for a long, long time. I mean, I have to really be patient with people. Now, it doesn't mean I'm somebody special. It means I'm old. <laughs> I've been around a long time. You know, I got a lot, a lot of stuff inside of me. And uh, I see a lot of things that others don't see because I've been doing it a long time. And, uh, and uh, where others have not been doing it as long. And so we need to have patience with people. Okay? What these things mean. We don't know what they mean. I, they're, they're strange things. We don't know what they mean. Verse 21, for all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. New thing. That's, uh, we laughed in church that last night because we live in Boulder. It's like there's about a coffee shop in every corner and people sit in that coffee shop all day long and... Uh, especially down at the Triton Cafe, Triton Coffee Shop. They sit there all day with their coffee and pretending like they're thinking of new things and they all kind of talk on new things. It's really amazing. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I don't have time for coffee shops anymore, but I used to, you know. And they're always uh, hearing and talking about new thing. What new thing have you heard today? Oh, let me tell you this new thing I just got. It's crazy, really crazy. <laughs> Verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill. You know, Mars Hill is still there today. Still there today. I wish I could have visited when I went to Athens, but I couldn't do that uh, because I was on a tour and they took us all around. And in fact, I got a chance to walk in the Parthenon. Can't do that anymore, I don't think, but uh, uh, we walked all through the Parthenon. It was open to all the public still at that time, back in the 70s. And we, I walked all through it. It was awesome, man. 
pretty amazing, huge, man, it's just so massive. And it's way up on a hill overlooking Athens and uh, it was really spectacular, really spectacular. That was during my Navy days. All right, and uh, okay, so let's go down here. Uh, they went to Mars Hill and said, and this is what he said, ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. Superstitious. That's a really fascinating word, and uh, the Lord wanted Paul to use that. Well, not Paul didn't use this word, but the 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 uh, uh, we need to have superstition in the Bible. Uh, modern textual critical Bibles take that word out, and they substitute it with the very watered down very milky, uh, flat word. I don't remember what it was, because uh, I haven't looked at it for such a long time. But it's superstitious is more than we think it is. I did some a word search one time of superstitious, but I, uh, it just skips my mind right now. But it's a really important word, very important word. Uh, all things you too are superstitious. Verse 23, for as I passed by and beheld your devotions. so. He said, I passed by, so I walk too. Paul walks, I walk, and when I'm walking by, I notice a lot of things in town. I notice things where I'm at, I notice them, and that provides opportunity to minister in a city where I go, uh, and uh, because I'm alert. Uh, one of the, that's one of the benefits of walking rather than driving. Sometimes I like to encourage people to park your vehicle kind of a half mile away and walk to your corner so you can kind of get a sense of what's in the area or maybe a mile away or down the street or whatever you know uh, and uh, because walking will give you clues of what devils are in the area what people are thinking and just a spiritual climate all right for as I passed by and beheld your devotions devotions right they were giving alms and devotions to idols. I found an altar, you know, uh, with this inscription, to the unknown God, to unknown God. This is an altar to a God that they don't know who they, it is. They want it, so really, there's another way of looking at this. I think it's pretty interesting. So they have lots and lots of different idols all over the city and all over uh, area in the areas Lots of different idols. Idols have, like Frank said last night, idols who have idols, who shrine who has a shrine who has a shrine. That's kind of funny. And God bless you. <laughs> and uh, uh, and so they 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 want to make sure. Like here's another way of looking at. Oh, uh, okay, we've got all the gods that we can think of. Maybe there's one more that we don't know about. Let's build an altar to this one, the one that we don't know about, just in case there's one more that we're not sure of. You know, I think that's kind of interesting. And you, you know why they did that? It's because every man, male and female, when God created man, he breathed into the nostrils of Adam, and man became a living soul. Man became a living soul, something like that. And uh, so inside our spirit, we're the only creature on the planet who has a spirit. Dogs don't have a spirit, even though a lot of pet owners think that their dog is going to heaven with them. Uh, it's not. Uh, a lot of horse people think their horse is coming to heaven with them. It's not. Uh, maybe their 
pet snake is going to go to heaven with them. Sorry, not your pet rat, your pet hamster. No, sorry. There's no animal on the planet, no creature, no fish has a spirit. Only mankind. Only man. Only man. And uh, the creatures that are in heaven are not creatures of the earth. They're creatures of heaven, not of earth. Okay? And uh, so, uh, because we have this living spirit that cannot die, uh, we have this yearning deep inside us to know God. Even though somebody's mad and somebody rejects and somebody's hard in their heart, still down deep inside their spirit, there's that yearning to know God that made them. We all have that. Every soul. Every soul has that. Every soul. It doesn't, there's no soul on the planet who does not have that. Okay? <clears throat> to the unknown God. Whom therefore ye ignorantly, all, ye means all of you, ye ignorantly worship. Ignorant. That means they just didn't have the knowledge. Doesn't mean they're stupid or they don't have any brains or they're, you know, they're just dumb. No. Ignorant does not mean that. Ignorant means the lack of knowledge. My people perish due to lack of knowledge. Right? Lack of knowledge. Right? Lack of knowledge. Lack of the Word of God, the truth. That's why we have the truth study every morning now. Okay? 65 classes. <laughs> 65 classes. Pray for me. <laughs> I can do 65 classes on Monday. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Praise God. Ignorantly worship. Okay, let me do this again. To the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship. See, they were worshiping this unknown God. They actually would, and worship means to bow down, to bow down, face to the floor, face to the ground, to, to, to physically lower your body. That's what worship means. Praise is the opposite. Praise is to lift up and rise up. That's praise. That's not worship. Worship is to fall down before your face, to humble yourself, to lay your life down. Okay? People get, see, people don't teach what praise and what worship is, just like that. It's just really amazing. And that's all in the Bible. It's all in the Word of God, especially the King James. All right? Uh, to whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. This unknown God, I'm going to declare unto you. Number 24, and here he goes. God. See, because it's the unknown God, so here he's going to start off with that. So he's going to bring unknown God, that's inscription on the altar. He's going to use the G-O-D, the God. He's going to pull that in, into his talk, so people know what worshiping the idol is. And the that altar, not idol, but altar, uh, with unknown God, unknown, unknown God. He's going to take that in, and from there, that's his point of contact to relate to the people. You want to find a common ground, a point of contact, a doorway into their spirit so you can plant the Word of God into their spirit. So if you just start preaching to them, uh, you've not found the door. It falls on deaf ears. See? So that's what Paul is doing. They're familiar with the uh, altar to the unknown God. They, everyone knows that because they worship it. Everyone's very familiar. And they're also familiar with the inscription on the altar. And so God, Paul is using the word God. So that's how he starts off. You see how you want to do that? 
You want to find that common ground, that connection, that point of contact, and that's where you deliver the seed of the Word of God. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Praise the Lord. Uh, verse 24, God that made the world. So he's going to start right off and tell you who this unknown God is. God that made the world. And you think about that, God that made the world. That means that this unknown God, God is a maker of the world or creator, a maker, a creator, a designer, which says that what you're seeing, this God made all this. And there's nothing that's made that is not by design, by a, uh, by a, a creator. You know, when they make their idols, they make it per the creator of that idol. They know, they understand that. They understand what a maker is, what a creator is, okay? And uh, that's what they understand. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> okay, maker, made the world and uh okay the world understand what he why he said world why did he say world because people in athens uh which is right on the coast uh there's a lot of boats they're on the mediterranean sea and life on the ocean the sea of the mediterranean sea is uh is normal so the world to them is very accessible because People sail the Mediterranean from the Gibraltar all the way to Cyprus, all the way to Israel. They, they sail that whole Mediterranean Sea, and a lot of times they exit the, uh, the Straits of Gibraltar, and they go north up the, Fran up, the, up the continent there, and they go south into Azor and down Africa. So all that is open, and they're aware of the world. They're very aware of the world, especially in Alexandria. That's a, sea, sea, that's a seaside city. Uh, right there at the mouth of the Nile. And so they're very familiar with the world. It's, it's, that's another thing. So that he's bringing people where they are, what they're familiar with, common words that they can relate to. See how that is? So what Paul is doing right here, and just these first little words, is he's preparing the way of the Lord Jesus Christ to come into their life. That's what John the Baptist said. So we all live a type of John the Baptist ministry. We all prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths, so to speak. But we don't stop with John the Baptist. John said, John Baptist said, I need to diminish. He needs to increase. I decrease, he increases. I lessen, he becomes greater. There's one coming after me. He'll baptize you, fill you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. You follow him. Don't follow me. I'm not the one. I'm not the Messiah. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just making the way ready for him to come. But unfortunately, a lot of people did not stop and listen to John the Baptist. And so John the Baptist had his own disciples and he just couldn't stop them from following him. And that just kept on growing. That's what we have today. We have people that follow John the Baptist, and that's all they do. That's all they do. They don't go any further. And then there's others who follow and are filled and baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. That's the two camps 
in the body of Christ. Those who do not have the Holy Ghost, they do because they're, they're baptized. They, you know, the Holy Ghost baptizes you, places you into the family of God. But you're not filled with the Holy Ghost. That's over here. That's what Jesus does. Unless, you know, I mean, everyone, when they receive Christ, Acts 2.38 says, when you repent, you believe on the Lord Jesus, God will give you the gift of the Holy Ghost. You know, we all have. That's how we know we're saved. The Spirit of God lets us know that. But I'm talking about this, something, you know, a little bit more. Anyways, uh, prepare the way of the Lord. And that's what Paul's doing. Because Paul is filled and baptized with the Holy Ghost. With the evidence of speaking in tongues. An un, with a new language. Right? <clears throat> Anyways, let's go on. God that made the world and all things therein. All things therein. You know, he could elaborate. Remember, the Bible is kind of a condensed, uh, et, you know, condensed highlight. So... Paul probably preached all day and he might have said thousands of words but here there's just you know a little section Paul didn't preach for five minutes Paul probably preached all day I'm gonna suppose that because people were probably asking him questions he would answer the question he would take questions from the audience from the people who were sitting in the amphitheater on Mars Hill all right so he's talking about all things uh, the world and all things therein, right? God made the earth, and the sea, and all that's in the sea, and every, all that's on the earth, and above the earth. He made all the stars. He made all the heavens. He made everything. Yeah. He didn't make himself. He was never. God is not created. He is the creator. He himself wasn't created. He didn't create himself. Now, we don't understand that because we are created. So all we know is when we got started. Well, God doesn't have a, a starting point. God always was, is, and always will be. All right? We don't, we're not that way. Angels aren't that way. There's nothing that way. Only God. Okay? God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that He is the Lord. He is Lord. Lord. So they know Lord. Lord means supreme master. The Lord means top one, most high, most high. That's what Lord is, most high, most high, right? most high, Lord of heaven and earth. So he is not just the creator, but the Lord, the boss, the most high and overrules and sees and uh, as the ruler or a king, however you want to look at it, of all of heaven and earth you know so what he's doing is he's expanding their thoughts at the same time he's working in that imagination of the world into their spirit it's kind of going from their brain into their spirit and kind of feeding that spirit with the Word of God it's really interesting Paul's ministry when you stop and really look at Paul's ministry and how he moved with the spirit it's spectacular spectacular okay all right, uh, Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in... Okay, here it is. Let me do this again. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Dwelleth not in... So he's telling you, God is so big that there's no way that you can build a building that he can fit in because he is above the earth. He is above the heaven. He is greater than all the earth and all the heaven. 
And so see how he made that God so big? There's no way you can build an altar big enough to fit him? Yeah, that's pretty cool, isn't it? That should get your interest right there. It's pretty interesting. All right, dwelleth not in the temples made with hands. Our hands cannot build anything that can house God. And Satan might try to tell you that he, you can build the temple where I can be in. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Okay, verse 25. Neither is worshipped with men's hands. Worship. In other words, you can't make things with your hands to give worship to God. God does not receive our flesh. Hands means flesh. Right. Abilities. Power and authority. Hands. <clears throat> uh, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. Now, God doesn't need anything. You don't bring food to God. Here, here God, here's some food for you. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work that way. Sorry, God doesn't need that stuff. He's really painting God into a really spectacular, uh, uh, spectacular God. Seeing he give, okay, a needeth anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. So, where does life, where does breath, where all things come from? That's what he's telling you. It comes from this unknown God that we're familiar with, the creator, the maker of heaven and earth. And he's referring to the heaven, the heavens that are just above the earth, the second heaven, all right? The third heaven is where God is. But he's referring to that heaven where all the stars are because that's how they do philosophy. That's how they do divination. They use the stars and the moons and planets, all that kind of stuff, right? astrology. Uh, need anything, birth or anything. Verse 26, and hath made of one blood all nations of men. One blood. You get that? So there is no discrimination between skin color in God. There's no such thing as skin color. We're all of one blood. One blood. Now that, you really have to meditate on that for a little while because Satan tells everybody, no, there's no such thing as one blood. In fact, back in the United Kingdom, there at one time, they thought there were two kinds of blood and they called it the blue blood, the blue bloods. And the blue blood was those of royalty. I am so far above everybody else. My blood is blue. See, blue. You can see it under the skin, it looks like blue. But when you cut it, it's red. <laughs> Anyways, I don't want to go over it. It's just kind of generically funny to me. Uh, made of one blood, all nations of men. Nations means all kinds and types of people all around the world. We all have the same blood, everyone. Okay, that's kind of interesting, huh? You notice you didn't talk about animals? You didn't talk about animals in this context here, like this. <clears throat> this is a long video, so I hope you're still here. Uh, one nation's of all men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth. Let me say this one more time, verse 26. And hath made of one blood all nations of men, all peoples of men, all nations, all cities, all kinds of people, men, for to dwell, to make our home, to live, dwell on all the face of the earth all the face of the earth. And I want to highlight, he did not say we will need living on other planets. There is not life on other planets. 
right? And we are not going to inhabit Mars, I guarantee you. We will never inhabit Mars, and we will never live in another planet because of the Scripture. God will not allow that because we are to inhabit Earth, all the Earth. Now that should really shake up a lot of people there. We will not be a space traveling race. That'll never happen. That's Satan's imagination. Satan's push of mankind that we can exalt ourselves. What is all that about? That's the Tower of Babel. That's the, what Satan told Eve, that you can go all the way. You'll be able to build a spaceship. You'll be able to travel all the way to heaven. You don't need Jesus. You'll build, we'll build a bit smarter and smarter and smarter and go all the way. That's why God said when he came down and said, now that they're all of one speech, whatever man has decided to create, they're going to do it. So now we have to confuse their language because they were going to build a tower all the way to heaven. And God said they're going to do it. So we're going to confuse their language. And what's happening today is because of computers and artificial intelligence, the world is going back to the Tower of Babel of one language, one language group, because we all came from Noah. One language, and we all speak this electronic language. And that electronic language is going to supposedly build a new super race, and that super race will go on into space travel. That's not going to happen, sorry. That'll never happen. Mark my words, that'll never happen, based on this verse 26. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. The bounds of their habitation. Just like he bound the sea from going over the earth. The earth is the dirt. The sea is the water, the oceans. He bound the sea from crossing over the dirt. The ocean cannot cross over the earth, the dirt because God put a boundary there. Just like us, we, there is a boundary we cannot cross over. Sorry, it's never gonna happen. Never gonna happen. Never gonna happen. It says here, determine the times before appointed. The point means when it happens. Here's the times that he's created, but it hasn't happened yet. When it happens, that's the appointment. That's the appointment. When you come to your doctor, that's the appointed time. You set the time a month earlier, whereabouts, and then when a time comes, now this is, I have an appointment to see Dr. So-and-so. I'm on, I'm on my time. This, oh yeah, John, you're, you're here right on time. Look, no, that's what this means. Times were created, and there's an appointed appointment for all things, all things times before appointed, and the bounds of their habitation. Of all the one blood of nations of men, they have a habitation, and that habitation has a boundary. You cannot cross over that boundary. I don't care what anybody says, you cannot cross it. I don't care how great spaceships become, satellites become, you cannot cross that boundary. Sorry. I'm a radical for Jesus. I'm a radical for the Word of God. I don't, I don't know if radical means any good, but I'm a zealous for the Word of God. Maybe I should say that instead. 
All right, uh, now let's go uh, next, let's see. Uh, 26, the bounds, habitation, verse 27. That they should seek the Lord, they should seek the Lord. One of the reasons why the boundaries are here is because inside of this boundary is where we need to seek the Lord, all right? But Satan is telling mankind, no, God's not here. You have to go outside of the boundary to find God. See, that's what they're doing. They're sending, you know, spacecraft to the moon, spacecraft to Mars, and they're setting, you know, telescopes out there and all kinds of stuff happening because they want to leave the boundary and search for God out there. It's not going to happen. Man, another story. Uh, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him. Feel is in our body, to feel. We're not gonna leave our body to go find God. We have to find God inside this body, okay? That's what the word feel here means, that they might feel after him and find him. We find Christ while we inside, we're inside this body, this physical body. Because once we leave this body, huh, you're, you're, something else happens. I'm not going to go there right now. Find him. Though he be not far, be not far from every one of us. See, God isn't way out there in the universe. God is right here next to us. That's why when people cry out or call out to God, he's right there to save you. He doesn't have to travel in some spaceship for uh, so many light years before he gets to you to save you. He's right here, present always. This is his creation. He's not gonna leave his creation uh, alone, right? Uh, might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. Every one of us, every single person on planet Earth, God is not far from you. Okay. Verse 28, for in him, in this God that we're talking about, the creator, the maker of you and everything you're seeing and hearing and understanding, in him, this God, we live. We live. We live in God. We live in God. How about that? That's, that should stretch your mind. Because remember what Paul's doing here. He is speaking to their imagination. He's speaking to their spirit. He's not speaking to their brain. Guarantee it, he's not speaking to their brain. He's bypassed the brain into their spirit. It's amazing what's going on here. I mean, it's just phenomenal, phenomenal. For in him we live and move and have our being. We live in God, we have our life in God, even though you have not received him. You have not received him, even though he's not far from you. And later on, things are going to change. He's going to remake everything, because he's a maker. And have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said. Now he's going to bring people back into... Now remember he used God that they're familiar with. Now he's going to use some writings that the philosophers have written that they know. So he's going to bring in another example to kind of pull all this together and he's going to say this for we also uh, anyway, for in him uh, see 
for and have our being as certain also of your own poets have said your philo philosophical poets have said this for we are also his offspring we are also his offspring it's, it's amazing which means we are created by God our offspring we're an offspring we come off of the spring of water we come off of God we come out of God God spoke us into existence let there be man and there was man whatever you know how you want to look at that 29 for as much then as we are the offspring of God see he's, he's telling you this is what your poets have said we are the offspring of God now because that's a fact because people believed it because that's a fact you can believe what I'm going to tell you next for as much then as we are and that's an absolute assurance that we are the offspring of God the Creator that God the Creator the maker of heaven and earth and everything therein amazing for as much then as we are the offspring of God we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold silver or stone graven by art and man's device when you look at 29 let me say 29 one more we'll end it right here with 29 for as much then as our, we are the offspring of God we ought not to think see that's the problem if people get into their brain and they think they can find God inside their head see that's what other religions do they make you move into your brain and think that you can find God and get close to God in your brain and when other religions do that what they're actually doing is putting your spirit your heart your soul to sleep yeah. for we are also his offspring. for as much then as we are the offspring of God we ought not to think we're all thinkers right that the Godhead very important Godhead got to get that because the reason I you really want to get that is because in other Bibles and other doctrines they took Godhead out and replaced it with another doctrine and this is the doctrine they replaced it with the Godhead is that the Godhead is like unto gold I mean let me say this again for as much then as we are are the offspring that we ought not no do not think this way not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold silver and stone right there is the is the is the seed of the beginning of the Trinity doctrine that was created by man's device that really can shake a lot of people up right there is Paul is discrediting and tearing down the Trinity doctrine of gold silver and stone as he's using that as three different gods that's where people say God is three separate persons God the Father God this I mean they say that God is three gods in one and Paul said no it's Godhead one Godhead not three gods not three gods not three gods Godhead is let me say this again verse 20 29 for as much then as we are the offspring of God not gods what they think see the Trinity doctrine goes back to plural gods many gods 
or at least three gods. That's what the Trinity doctrine. They took all the gods, and let's just make three gods then. Three gods. And it's, and it's in every church. That seed is in their doctrine of belief, and that seed flattens out and rots the rest of I said that in class, I think. It's really amazing. Verse, 20, uh, verse 29 again. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, one God, God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is likened to gold, silver, and stone, graven by art and man's device. Man created the Trinity, three God teaching. And people fell right into it and said, oh, that's right. We serve three different gods, plural. And they take it and try to mix it up and change it up and, and kind of westernize it enough to make it sound, well, it's not exactly what it's saying. It says this and this, this, this. And people are so utterly confused. They're so confused to the point they say, John, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. Does it really matter? It matters. It matters more than people think it is. That does. So let's pray. So Lord, I thank you that the matters of the heart are important to you. What we think on, what we meditate on, what we thought, our thoughts are, what our imaginations are, what our whole life is inside of us matters to you. It matters to you. And so it matters to me, Lord. That's why I want to talk correctly. I want to study the Word of God. I want to rightly divide the Word of God. And that's what I did today, Lord. I, at least I'm, that's what I attempted to do. Attempted to follow you, Holy Spirit, and rightly divide the Word of God. Now, this is something, Lord, that I think that people can think, link on a long time. And uh, I praise God we record it. I'm looking forward to listening to it myself. And so I thank you, Lord, that we can preach this kind of message. Because we're not, <laughs> because we're not bowing our knee to man. We're not bowing our knee to some uh, church denomination. We're not bowing our knee to any church or any organization. We buy our, bow our knee to God, the creator, the maker of heaven and earth. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, I kind of want to say that what I've been doing the last uh, month, I think, uh, maybe a little longer, I can't remember now, but I've been taking my street sermons every day, what you're hearing now, with uh, music and the whole thing, uh, and I've been taking that audio portion of the sermon, the, the video, and I've been putting it on my podcast, uh, into in podcast format, our podcast website, and so you can listen to the sermon uh, on Spotify, iHeart, uh, Google Play Store, uh, iTunes, uh, on uh, Amazon Music, about a dozen plus 15 or so different podcast apps and services. Uh, 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 there's lots of them. I don't know them all, I, but I'm on many, and I'm always trying to find new ones that I can put my show on. And uh, if you don't know where I am, you can uh, just type in your, your search bar, uh, John C-H-O-Q-U-E is Touching People for Heaven, or Touching People for Heaven, and I should come up, or you can go to our website, and you can, you know, John C-H-O-Q-U-E.org, I put it in the video here, and uh, you can find, go to our, figure out where our website, our podcast is 
And that way there you can be driving, you can be listening to the podcast also, uh, rather than watching the video. And uh, so that's what I started doing a month ago or so. And uh, because this sermon here is pretty long, I don't know how long it's been, I hope the camera's still running. Uh, and uh, it's gonna be, it's pretty long, fairly detailed, and I knew it would be because I'm hoping tomorrow will be really short, Longmont. So tomorrow is Friday, I'll be in Longmont, and I'm done for the day, done with this. I'm gonna put it away, go lift my banner over there. I made a sandwich, I brought a sandwich with me, a peanut butter and honey sandwich and banana. <laughs> I'm hungry, I had no breakfast. And uh, Man, I love you, I love you so much. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you giving, I appreciate your prayers. I appreciate you attending class. I appreciate you purchasing the, the True Study book. I appreciate everything you're doing in the body of Christ. Um, amen. God bless you, man. Take care. Bye-bye.